That's the cool thing about jujitsu, man. It's like, yeah, you could be a buck 60 dripping wet, but you could, you know, destroy a dude. If you know what I mean, if you For shake sure. his back. I remember we were doing this combatives thing up in uh, Copenhagen. And one of the guys, uh, Dave Camarillo, he's actually super awesome dude. He's all over Instagram. He's like training Zuckerberg Dang. and, doing all, and uh, John Wick uh, for the last movie. A cool, super cool guy. He was kind of the lead instructor. He's like, I think he just got his fifth degree black belt. If that's even, I think there's, I don't know how many there are. He just got another stripe and I think it's the, the highest you can get, whatever that is. And I, I paired up with Dave. <laughs> And I'm thinking like, all right. And I, I thought I had him dead to rights. I hit him with like a blast double, like stirring him on his chest. I sucked his legs in. I'm like, oh, I got, I got the black belt. And of course he was letting me do it. Right. Cause as we were going to the ground before we had even hit the ground, by the time we landed, he had me in some crazy leg lock, tapped me out in literally like a second and a half. You're listening to the Born Primitive Podcast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Born Primitive Podcast. Uh, really excited to be with you. We're going to switch things up today. We're going to do a shotgun round Q&A uh, that you guys submitted uh, on Instagram. So thank you to everyone who submitted questions. Uh, we are not going to be able to cover all of them. Uh, there was a lot, um, but we are going to kind of folder some, and maybe we'll do this again depending on the success of this episode. So thank you for the inputs. A uh, few housekeeping items before we kick it off. Uh, some good news. Uh, we are now officially in the top 1% of all podcasts, which is really freaking cool. We've only been doing this a few weeks, and this was a big leap for us. Um, however, due to some words that have been mentioned in our podcasts, um, we have been blacklisted from the charts. So that is a whole new thing we're learning about right now. I'm not really worried about it, but for, if you are liking what you're watching, uh, please help us share our content, subscribe, review, send it to your buddies. That will hopefully allow us to defeat some ridiculous censorship over things that are very, you know, kind of common sense things. So thank you for everyone tuning in. It's been really awesome. We've been getting a lot of awesome comments and continue to give us feedback on what you want to want to hear. Um, we're hoping to add some value to your lives and hopefully some key takeaways that can make your lives better. Uh, one quick plug that I'm excited about, and then we'll get right into it. Um, by the time this airs, our campfire collection will have just launched. Um, this is, I think my favorite collection of the year. If you haven't, uh, if you didn't shop last year, um, it was, it was a huge success. Um, the weather's changing, people are barbecuing outside, football's on, the leaves are rustling tone. So this is the, the best one of the year. I think we got jeans, flannels, uh, flannel jackets. Um, the girls wanted me to shout out a few things. We are having mid-rise jeans added, Tony. So apparently that's a big thing. The, the, the jeans crushed last year. That was a little bit of a leap for us as well. Um, it's our stretchy fabric, um, but the, they, the women, they, they nailed the fit. The guy jeans are awesome too, especially if you got big legs and a big butt uh, like me. Um, and they also wanted me to sh uh, shout out the fleece line leggings, which are coming, which verbatim, the girls four minutes ago said they are absolutely insane. So whatever that means, uh, get excited about it. But, uh, that will have just dropped, so if you want to head to the site, um, I know there'll be some good stuff for this time of year, and uh, so glad football's back. So without further ado, Tony, you got the show, man. I'm going to try to react to these, and uh, let's do this. Cool. Well, first off, thank you, everyone, for submitting your questions. You you gave you gave the, the HQ some good laughs uh, with a couple of them that rolled in, some of which will make the episode, some of which won't, but I, I loved seeing the screenshots of those start to roll in. So 
keep them coming. Uh, always feel free to, if you have a, uh, a subject or a topic you want us to discuss, please, please throw those on our, our Instagram. Uh, we're more than happy to cover those. So Bear, the one I want to kick off with is- Damn, I'm kind of nervous. Is, I'm in the hot seat, <laughs> Hey, man. that's actually one of the questions on- Hey, let, let's kick off with it. You know what? One of the questions was, were you guys nervous for the first couple episodes? So not only the first couple, it seems like, but yeah, I still get it. Especially if you have caffeine, that gives you some little butterflies. We got to stop doing these in the morning, man. This the, We're doing these right after my workout. I'm going to roll in and it's like, we got to roll and I'm all caffeinated. So maybe we'll do an afternoon record. Um, but no, I wasn't nervous. Um, I think honestly, the hardest part is the intro, which fortunately we've never had to edit and we just roll right into it. But right before we kind of go live, I don't know why you get, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to screw it up. But, uh, but no, I mean, these are regular topics, man. Um, just normal dudes talking about normal, hopefully relatable stuff. I think the interviews are a lot more difficult, um, particularly when they're remote, just kind of playing off of, um, you know, body language and, and where to take the conversation. Um, but I think hopefully we'll get better at that, but we've already had a couple of really cool ones, you know, that Riley Gaines one we just did that will have already aired was, was absolutely epic and she's incredible. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, we're trying not to take this too seriously and, uh, hopefully, um, there's some authenticity in that for the people that are listening. Yeah. I, I, I have to counter a little bit that the first episode, <laughs> I had a couple people tell me, dude, your voice literally sounded different from the first episode to the second. And I went back and listened and it's definitely, there's a little shakiness to, to mine <laughs> in the first. So I was a, a, a little uh, camera shy on that first one, but definitely feeling, feeling myself getting a little com or more and more comfortable. All right. So let's kick it off with one, one I really liked that rolled in. Uh, I think it's very relatable. And I think we all kind of have our, our own different system or our own ideal for what this would look like. But the question was, uh, what does an ideal day look like for you? Damn. Oh, so personal question. Yeah. Shit. All right. Um, all right. Here's kind of a normal day, uh, ideal day. I think if we're talking work week, kind of like a productive well, remember, day. This can be ideal. So yeah, if your day's ideal, then it would be what you're doing, but you can throw some things in there that maybe you don't get to do all the time that like would be your ideal day. If I'll do ideal sleep. and then I'll do maybe what is maybe sometimes more likely, but I recognize that it, I should be trying to strive towards ideal. Uh, wake up zero six coffee machine, make coffee, let the dog out, feed the dog, drink coffee on the deck as the sun's coming up, reset. Um, I usually get out my, my legal pad and write down my top three for the day. And then I'll look at my planner on the phone to kind of see what my meetings are that day, just to kind of get in the right headspace and make sure I'm not overlooking something. And then, uh, usually that baby monitor will start going off. Um, so start that with, with my daughter and get her going, feed her, get her dressed, get her out to daycare, drop her at daycare, go straight to the gym, hammer it at the gym for hopefully hour and 15 and then come to BP rock and roll here till five rip over to daycare grab her all right <laughs> right as they're closing usually and then uh you know hang with her she likes to go out to the beach a lot we're fortunate to live on the beach so we, we usually just run on the beach until you know seven ish put her down um and then I try to end with uh cold tub and hot tub contrast uh, I've been doing that for the last few weeks and it's an absolute game changer so I'll do um rep scheme I've been doing is four minutes hot tub too cold for four rounds um and then if i'm doing it at night i'll end with hot um because it'll like chill you out yep. and if it's in it, i'm able to do it in the morning like on the weekends I'll, I'll flip that um and that's been a game changer and i also have a sauna coming so i'll start doing some sauna stuff too so that is an ideal day however sometimes that morning routine you know can be like you're supposed to go out there not look at your phone what am i doing i'm doing a few emails on my phone then i scroll instagram start you know what i mean before you know it it's like 6 45 and you haven't done any of those things you should have done. Um, so I'm, but I think I'm getting more disciplined at not 
falling for that kind of stuff. Um, but that's an ideal day. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I do get, um, meals delivered. So I get break, you know, basically everything that I consume in a day is delivered, um, from a, from a meal service here in town. That's absolutely awesome. And get your macros within a gram. So I try to keep that super dialed, you know, you got to hydrate. So I drink an LMNT packet first thing with uh, creatine and glutamine in there. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, crush a big breakfast. So, I mean, those are like little things, but if you overlook it, like it's before you know it, it's lunchtime and you've had like coffee and like a pre-workout and you haven't like hydrated at all. Yeah, and you, so, do you, do you try to limit your caffeine intake at all? I know you said coffee in the morning, you do, do you do another then before the workout at around, I'm assuming it's around yeah. what, eight or nine. I'll do a giant iced coffee in this huge mason. It's like a 32 ounce mason jar and just hammer that. And then I go right into pre-workout. So I'm, oh. I'm yeah, but it's like. It's six thirty in the morning, so if you're gonna do it, do it first thing. You do coffee and pre workout. Well, I drink the coffee first, and then you know I I switch from from guns to missiles, man. You know what I mean? No wonder you, your resting heart rate was one fifteen. Yeah. And now you guys understand why I'm like this right now. <laughs> um, but no, then you roll into the workout, and that peaks, and then you're ripping it, and then you know I try not to consume any caffeine after after uh, noon. Yes, um, and then I'm good to go. And uh, as far as the the sauna and where I guess right now it's hot tub and cold tub, have you noticed uh, a difference in your sleep? I know th- those are all the hype right now. I'm yes. a big believer in sauna and cold tub uh, or cold exposure. Have you have you noticed a distinct difference? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think for the cold tub, I've also noticed a huge improvement in like anxiety. Uh-huh. Um, there's some personal stuff I'm going through right now um, that I won't talk about, but there's it's heightened my levels of anxiety significantly. So that's actually why I got the cold tub because I was like, I have to do something to mitigate this. Um, so for those that deal with anxiety, that's one of the things that, you know, I've heard really helps. And then by doing it, it hundred percent is true. It kind of chills you out. You almost get this euphoric feeling for three, four hours after. Um, so yeah, it's been a game changer, man. Um, you're definitely a little uncomfortable at first. You got to get used to it. Still not comfortable, you know, getting into 45 degree water at nine o'clock at night when it's dark out is not a natural thing to want to do. Um, but when you're done, you never regret it. So, yeah. Right? It's, those cold, cold exposure is a difference maker, man. Like you said, and I, I know people like Andrew Huberman can put more like actual data to it. And I think it's like some insane 230% increase in dopamine, uh, 30 minutes after you do the cold exposure. So yeah, if you, if that's not something you're, I, I understand there's some limits around having to buy ice or buying a expensive cold tub, but definitely worth doing even if you live by some source of water in the in the winter dude go go hop in yeah and if you end on hot at night dude it's like the craziest deepest sleep of all time yeah it's insane yeah yeah and i have the i have like the chili pad that covers my mattress so i crank that down to like 64 degrees and i'm basically freezing the entire night which i don't know it's like what the design but it may you know what i mean it it keeps that temp down and uh yes i i think it you know amount of some good things but um the Huberman stuff's great because there's so much good, you know, f- stuff you can get from that to learn and kind of enhance what you're doing. So For sure. Well, cool. The, the I mean, that the, the part of your ideal day segues into another question that was asked, and that is, what does your training look like right now? So I know I know training's a, a big part of your life. Uh, so give us give us what your training looks like right now. And are, are there any? I'm sure it's changed now that you're out of the military. Obviously, you played college football. So are there any? Along with your training, are there any benchmarks you're you're continually striving towards, or are you kind of showing up and, and throwing it up on the chalkboard when you get there? Yeah, damn. I didn't realize people were going to submit personal questions. I'm just some <laughs> schmuck, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, train five days a week, Monday through Wednesday. Th- rest days are Thursday, Sunday usually. But I'll try to do some mobility and, and you know definitely hot tub, cold tub those days for sure. 
for me, it's kind of a hybrid of the stuff I learned playing football in college and then CrossFit. Um, I, I, I like that, that blend because with CrossFit, I feel like I'm more conditioned. Um, and I feel like you should be able to sustain that. You know what I mean? No one gives a shit what your one rep bench press is. If I want, what's your one rep bench press after five minutes of grueling activity, right? I mean, if you're in a, if you're in a, a, some kind of scuffle, like, does that really matter? What, what's your, what's your five rep max back squat after three quarters? You know what I mean? So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I oh, try yeah. to, so I usually do traditional kind of strength stuff that, you know, we learn in college, but then I'll do a, a conditioning Metcon at the end. Um, and then I'll kind of blend those two together, but honestly, I shouldn't do this, but I totally wing it. Um, I, I take everything I've learned over the years and just like, all right, so right now I'm doing 10, eight, six, four, two for my, my core lifts for, so bench, yep. um, and squat. Um, and then, you know, I'll do accessories with that and then I'll get the lungs, I'll hammer the lungs at the very end yeah. because I think it's important to maintain conditioning for me, even, you know, obviously I'm out of the game and, um, but I still like to keep goals cause I think that keeps you on track. So I just, you know, my basic ones that I write on a little notepad every year right now, I want to be able to back squat 405, bench 350. I want to be able to power clean three, power clean 300, six minute mile and a 2k row under 645. For me, as long as I can maintain those, I'm good. Anything beyond that's a bonus. As long as you can maintain those, those are, yeah. absurd, those are absurd for the everyday person. <laughs> They're not absurd, but here's the thing. I don't want them to be, that's why you got to throw in the mile in the 2k yeah, row no. because anyone could just be some strong meathead. Yeah. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you're one of those guys that like never runs. So and, fun. And it, you're good. It's a fine, man. But just let's all acknowledge if you ever get in an altercation, you're toast after 15 seconds. Yeah, if you're, you're that, that giant meathead at the gym that has never gotten out of breath in like 20 years, but you think you're a big tough guy, like you might last 10 seconds. And then anything beyond that, you literally are toast. That's why you need to spend time around wrestlers at some yeah. point in your life. Oh, because regardless of your size, you get with somebody that's been wrestling their whole life. They're going to make you look like a fool very oh, yeah. quickly, no matter how strong you are. Yeah, so. you see that cauliflower ear, man. Just <laughs> stay just, away. Stay away, dude. Yeah, stay away. Yeah. <laughs> which, which which of those, do you have any of those that are hard? It, you're a big dude, so is it easier yeah, for you to six make? Six minute mile. Is, is tough. See, I mean, for me, that's. It's not, you know, because I'm, I'm like 240, so that's, you know, I'm I'm, I'm big Clydesdale, just yeah. the mouth breathing in the back, man, trying to hold yeah. on for dear life. Um, But, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, those are the basics. Um, And I think like, you know, the why behind it, I think, you know, this will, you know, this is just one man's opinion, but I think as men, we should at least have some capability of protecting other humans, right? Like, I think it's this particularly our family members and like even just innocent people. If, if there were, if some old lady was getting jumped at the gas pump, like as a dude, you should be able to go intervene and, and drop the hammer, right? And be able to sustain that. Um, if particularly your family, what if, what if, Someone's trying to carjack your car at the gas pump and your daughter's in a car seat in the back and there's three dudes trying to carjack you. What do you do in that situation? So for me, I, even though maybe it's a little bit paranoid, I see, th th I see it through that lens of I'm doing this to maintain a capability that I'm now obligated to, to maintain. I think it, and I think it grounds you too. It's, it's almost opposite of what you would think is that in my experience, the most dangerous people are usually the most kind of grounded and calm because they don't have that anxiety of like, if I needed to defend myself, it almost gives you a subtle confidence in your everyday life. Like, and that's both from a physically fit level. And then also jujitsu, fighting, wrestling, boxing, Muay Thai. Like when you're good at those things, man, it, it kind of like, it gives you a looseness because you know that you could respond to a situation. So definitely agree that there, there needs to be a, a certain level of, of physical capability, whether that is just 
being fit enough to to handle yourself in in some type of physical altercation. And then also, if you want to go further with it, digging into some of the martial arts and, and different fighting tactics. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about jujitsu, man. It's like, yeah, you could be a buck sixty dripping wet, but you could, you know, destroy a dude if you know what I mean. If you For shake sure. his back. I remember we were doing this combatives thing up in uh, Copenhagen, and there was like six or seven black belts that were the cadre, like teaching us, you know, just like rolling around. And I told in, in <laughs> one of the guys, uh, Dave Camarillo, he's actually super awesome dude. He's all over Instagram. He's like training Zuckerberg Dang. and. Doing all, and uh, John Wick uh, for the last movie, cool, super cool guy. He was kind of the lead instructor. And he's like, I think he just got his fifth degree black belt. If, if that's even, I think there's, I don't know how many there are. He just got another stripe. And I think it's the, the highest you can get, whatever that is. And I, I, I basically wanted to, we were doing five minute rounds with each guy for 10 rounds. And just every, every round ends, you get a new yep. partner. You just, you just go at it for like an hour straight. And I, I paired up with Dave <laughs> and I'm thinking like, all right. And I, I thought I had him dead to rights. I hit him with like a blast double, like stirring him on his chest i sucked his legs in i'm like oh i got i got the black belt and of course he was letting me do it right because as we were going to the ground before we had even hit the ground by the time we landed he had me in some crazy leg lock tapped me out in literally like a second and a half yeah and that's when i realized like all right when you when the guys know that it's it's the ultimate equalizer man so um yeah maintain it to some degree and uh and whatever makes you happy but there's so many different ways you can do it but for me that's that's how i do it cool well, the, the, those two were good to kick off with. Yeah, yeah, let's, actually, this this one's personal as well, but how has your career impacted you as a uh, parent? Well, I think at the most basic level, um, you know, financially it's helped. Um, well, I think that can be a very dangerous trap of thinking that finances cure things. It definitely can mitigate things and make certain things easier. Um so that's been one. Um, that's one thing I don't have to worry about right now with my daughter, which is important to me. And I think the balance for anyone, you know, going through that is how do you raise them in a way where that actually doesn't become a disadvantage later in their life because it was they were too taken care of. You know what I mean? To me, that you know, she's very young right now, so I don't have to worry about that yet. But at some point, you know what I mean? We can't be eaten from the silver spoon because we got to she needs to learn to be scrappy. Like that's how I was taught. You know what I mean? And you know, there's the saying, like, you know, it's the cycle of, um, so I would say that was one thing. And I think, you know, the, the, the drawback is, well, we, you and I have talked about this before is like, you, you now have to balance things way differently mm-hmm. um, because you're not, um, it, it's an, it isn't about just growing the business and being this diehard entrepreneur anymore. You, you, there's other aspects you have to take into account. And we hit that. I think that we hit that in the, with the chasing success episode. Um, and that's, that can be a really vulnerable thing too, um, because we're competitive. We want to compete, we want to win. So, you know, it's eight o'clock at night and you want to be firing out those emails and you know what I mean? You should be doing other things and just being present. And and that is hard. It's, it's a hard adjustment, particularly when you're as competitive as I am, because you know, there's still work to be done. And to me, there's this weird feeling like on after hours and on the weekends, I've always had the, the thought, okay, if this was a foot race, this is when no one else is running, right? So if you want to either catch up to the people that are way ahead of you in the race, now's when you run. And if you're ahead, this is where you widen the gap even more. And I, there's, it's always been this. So like nine o'clock at night, it's almost like it's impossible not to fire up the computer and start working because it's like everyone else is not racing right now and I can race. Um, but as we know, you know, you don't want to be that 80 year old that didn't have a relationship with your kids. So I, I think it goes both ways. They're definitely very good things. Um, and it can provide, um, 
structure and you know some comfort but uh but it needs to be um balanced have you found yourself because ren is two years and she took two and a half yeah have you found yourself moving towards what you would say is like a more organic balance and flow with your responsibilities as a father in your career or is it something that it's a continuing challenge like you said of, of knowing when to shut off knowing when to like separate from work do you do you feel yourself moving towards a, a better balance well whether it's a good thing or not you know full-time single dad right now right so in a way i i there was no other alternative and i think when you have when you're co-parenting in the same household it's like one can cover down you can kind of both split duties like hey i'm gonna go on this beach run you got her for a minute or hey you know, i'm gonna go down to the garage you know but when it's just you by default like the, the phone's gotta go off i mean you know i mean it's like constant attention if you look away for a minute you know what i mean she could be climbing on the table with a black sharpie drawn on like you know what i mean like so it, that's honestly been a really awesome adjustment and it was almost by necessity um because when i come home you know and i from like 5 30 to 7 30 it's just me and her time and that's it and i, I you know obviously every once in a while a slack will come in or something a quick hitter and you can like respond to it but for the most part phone goes down um and it's uh it's been a, a really good adjustment and then it's like after hours that's when you know when she's down i can i can you know, get it, get other stuff done, but I'm also trying to balance my own mental health stuff. So it's like, all right, do I fire up the computer and work for two hours or do I go do hot, cold tub contrasting and then go to bed at nine 30 after reading like a book? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's this, this, you can do either. Um, obviously one will advance the business. The other one is better for your, your own mental health. You know what I mean? And yeah. Physical health too. So yeah. And there, there's, I'm sure you could relate to this is when you're in those moments with, with your child, obviously they're precious not obviously they are precious but they're exhausting and it can leave you feeling kind of like hey i haven't had 30 seconds to to think a thought about my day or or what i want which there there's there's benefits to that there's like a self-sacrificing kind of just grounding that 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 occurs from that on the flip side though i do think it it leaves two very clear decisions when you do have downtime to yourself whether the little one goes to sleep or not it's like am i going to now do what's best for me or am I going to detach to feel like I've been able to relax for a little bit? Now, everybody's relaxing is different, but I'm sure you could relate to like having, okay, ch- kids down for sleep. Should I have two glasses of wine and watch a show or should I do cool tub yeah. sauna and go to sleep? Like those, and, and maybe there's even a balance within there, but I know that pool of like, oh, okay, do I stay dialed and really focus on myself or do I take some time to relax? Which for some people that may be relaxing, but that can be a slippery slope too, where you, you validate those decisions then because you are busy all day and then you get, you get some momentum going and it's been 30 days and now all of a sudden you, your routine is drinking two glasses of wine and watching a show and you're not taking care of yourself. So is that something you felt a pull towards, uh, one way or the other? Yeah. And I think that's what we talked about, the kind of the ideal day versus the realistic day <laughs> and we're all human, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, hundred percent. If you had a really stressful day here at BP and then, you know, she's being a little bit squirrely at home and by the time you get down to the litter room, it's like 8.30 and you're smoked. Yes, you know, of course, hey, let's have a couple of glasses of wine and watch some Netflix. Like that, I, mean, I think that's an okay thing. But you have to re- realize the second and third order effects of that, if that's consistent, is like, you know, alcohol destroys your sleep. We all know that. It doesn't eat, I think it only takes a couple drinks in your sleep. So One, then yeah. now you're behind the game the next day. So now you don't handle stress and adversity the next day because you're compromised. You get less REM, deep sleep, all that, you know, all that, you know, and then, now you have a stressful day there, and then what do you do? Oh, I need a third glass of wine because I'm even more stressed. And it, I think it could become a slippery slope. 
Um, but those other things, even though it is relaxing, it is, I still see it as work, you know, doing the cold tub and hot tub at night, you know, I, to, I, to me, that's still a task. I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to go do this. And maybe some people can get there. So, um, I, I think it's a matter of, you know, trying to be as disciplined as you can, but also like giving yourself some grace. You know, there's a lot of people on, on social media, particularly from the community I came from that kind of, I think, pretend like they live this freaking Spartan life. And it's like, I know there's, there's times they're not like that. And, and it almost pisses me off because I think it gives the perception to the average Joe that like, they're not enough. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, Hey man, like if you got to miss a workout one day or you don't get up at 5am and hit a run, cause it's pouring rain out, like you're fine. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a little bit to me over the top. Um, but you should still strive to live a disciplined life because, you know, by being disciplined, it will unlock other, um, levels of happiness that you wouldn't otherwise achieve. Yeah, I think a little phrase I tell myself all the time is dialed, not rigid. So be dialed in, like have have those disciplines that you follow, but nobody wants to be around a rigid person. Yeah. Those people, I don't want to say they suck, but like, it's like, if you can't miss a workout, if you can't, if you can't eat something that's out of your normal routine, if you can't have a drink every once in a while and let loose with your friends, it's like, what's this all for then? And, and that's, once again, there's a balance there. It's easy to get caught in the momentum of that too. And, and like you mentioned, to be having now three glasses of wine every night, and you probably are validated in, as to why you're doing that, but it's it's having trickle effects on the rest of your life, which are probably making things harder, resulting in you wanting to drink even more wine. So yeah, dialed not rigid is something I kind of, I try to follow because the, the discipline needs to be there, but there should always be some flexibility and grace is a word you use. That's, that's a, that's a great word to describe too. kind of, Hey, give, give yourself some, some flexibility. hundred percent. And I think it's like, like for me, it's the weekend, you know, we got football on now. So it's like, yeah, order wings, drink a few beers. Like on Sundays, a lot of times I order spaghetti from this place down the street. It's insane. It's the, it's like this giant thing. Of, and I know that's not like the ideal move, but it's like, but okay, what am I going to lose? Like a little bit of definition in my abs or something like who cares? I'm, you know what I mean? It doesn't. So give yourself some grace um, and, and balance it, but, but still get after it. Yeah. Eat the spaghetti. All right. Getting, I'm staying on the personal track, biggest failures and biggest failures and how you overcame them Ooh. i think the biggest swing and miss was from the and i i, I mentioned it very briefly in the born friend of origins episode that where a few episodes before this but um right before born primitive i had a failed business and we thought we were going to nail it, man. Quick version was I was in college. We took a class for new product development. Basically, you take the entire semester to, ident- to basically invent a product. Um, and it started out first day. Professor was like, all right, for the next two weeks, I want you to identify everything in your life that's an inconvenience. And we were in college at the time. So one of the uh, inconveniences me and my buddies in the group identified was our beer gets warm at our parties because we don't have anywhere to put the keg to keep it cold. So we came up with this giant koozie that wraps the keg and keeps it cold. And you could, we, we learned how to print on it. So it looks like the actual beer can. So it would look like a giant Miller light can. It actually looks Hell sick. Yeah. Um, so we got it, uh, we got it patented. Um, we got a, uh, an investment for $110,000. Um, I flew to Miller Coors' headquarters in Chicago and presented to their board with the products. I had like six or seven prototypes of all their different main brands. And I showed them, I showed how the, you know, this is one going to give you branding at events um, because you see all these like just silver kegs that have no branding on them. I said, this is a branding opportunity, but also a functionality opportunity. You know, when you go to these events, you wrap them up before they leave, they're cold, they stay cold all day. You're good. Board loved it. 
um, the director of that point of sale division. We got beers afterwards. He said, hey, we're all in on this, that we're going to open this up to the catalog. So he, this is where I made a huge mistake. He basically said, how quickly can you get this moving, right? We want to order, we want to do a test order of like 3,000 units. Um, and I said, well, right when I get back to um, Indiana, we'll like rock and roll, we'll order all the raw materials. So I had to spend, I had to wire like 50 grand overseas to order the raw materials. And then I signed a five-year lease on like a $100,000 printer um, or maybe 80 grand. And then I signed a three-year lease for a warehouse where we were going to make these things, uh-huh. right? Thinking like we're rolling, like we we threw the hail mary first first down opening play of the game and skinny post, you know what I mean? We got tackled at the five yard line. We're about to punch it in, right? Like that's what we're feeling. And um, that guy ends up getting ends up getting fired. the The director of the point of sale, Pete, got fired. So the one below him called me one day and was like, "Hey man, bad news. Pete's out. We got a new director. He wants to put all programs on hold." And uh, like I don't know what this is gonna, you know what I mean? So long story short, we tried to convince this new guy and he was trying to simplify their product offerings and it just didn't pan out. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a huge punch in the nose. And that was really my first big stab at business. I had ran a pretty successful lawn and landscaping business like growing up through my junior year in college, but that was like the first real business involving someone else's money in this. Was that, um, was that, the, was that the norm for this project, the, the class project? to get that far? Had there been other people who had actually gotten? No, not even close. The, it, the, the professor was actually really cool. He had like 500 patents to his name. He had invented like the center shafted putter and all these things. Um, and he basically pulled our group aside after the semester. He gave us A's and was like, hey, I see a lot of like pitches in here because you do a fake shark tank pitch at the very end. They bring in guys that are friends of his that are like, you know what I mean? And they try to make it really cool. And he said, hey, you guys should actually pursue this because, you know, I would know I've got 500 products patented and I've launched all kinds. You know what I mean? He said, you guys should run with this because I think this will hit. So he kind of got us fired up to try it. So as soon as we graduated, we're like, hey, let's see what we can do. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a long process. I'm oversimplifying it. But uh, we thought we were in, man. Like, lesson learned there. Don't do all this until you get a purchase order. That was, I literally been like, okay, Pete, like, let's drink a beer together, but I need a PO and then I'll submit it, right? And instead I was like, oh yeah, the director's in, we're, you know, we're, and so, um, yeah, that was a big one. And then, you know, pivoted right into Born Primitive, um, right off of the, you know, off of failure and, and rolled into that. So, and was that, did you know, <laughs> did you know it was done as soon as that happened? You didn't pursue no, it further? No, we, we tried to go to Hanazer Bush and then we tried to do a direct consumer model. So we made like American flag kegsters and things like that. And, um, and it, it was just such a, a niche market. So, you know, not many people are getting kegs. So like to try to convince them to spend 70 bucks on a giant koozie for their keg is it's a tough sell. You know, it's a fun, like it's a novelty thing, but it's not a sustainable business. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, yeah. First and goal on the five couldn't punch it in. Hey, that has couple, to, couple that holding penalties, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, personal foul. We're back at the 50. We got a punt. Yeah, you know what I mean? It happens. So, yeah. How about, how about at Born Primitive? Are there any that stand out to you as far as during this journey that you would consider, uh, a failure that, or, or just a mistake? Um, definitely not failure. I, I think we've, we've gotten punched in the nose quite a few times. I think the, the, the most recent that comes to mind is honestly just a present day, um, COVID created such an explosion in everyone's businesses that most businesses kind of set up the infrastructure thinking that this is going to be, this is just the new norm. And then there was a big correction back to what should have been the norm. Um, that's why you see a bunch of companies doing major layoffs um, because everyone's like, oh, you know, you, you can, 
everyone's basically printing money for a couple of years because of the kind of what COVID caused. Um, hopefully just saying that word didn't just get us off the charts again. So Spotify, please be nice to us. Um, Apple, please be nice to us. I don't mean any harm anyway, but, uh, you know, that, that, uh, we, we all, you know, right now for anyone listening, like discretionary spend is way down by the consumer. Everyone's feeling it. You had all these direct consumer brands that went public a few years ago. Their stocks are down like 90%. Um, it's a really hard time to be in business. Fortunately, um, we have a really loyal following and because of, I think, you know, what we've stood for and just making quality product, we've been able to ride out that storm way better, way better than most. So thank God we've set up this business up the way we did. But there's a lot of companies that are out there that are really hurting. And I think for us, you know, and you were included in this as well, like our biggest mistake was not reading the tea leaves sooner and making those corrections earlier um, and realizing, hey, this was an influx. So let's let's not put our foot on the gas too hard because there's going to be a reckoning, right? And we, we've all kind of gone through that. Yeah. Um, but like I'm as bullish as I've ever been, right? The Savage one just dropped, getting crazy good reviews. We're selling a ton of them. Outdoors ripping, you know, that we launched last year. Um, Tactical's about to launch. Um, you know, like we have, and then this, like we top 1% of podcasts in the first three weeks, actually the first week, totally insane. Um, so there's a lot of good things going on, but the, um, be the equivalent of like, you know, we're, we're going bass fishing on a lake and the fish just aren't biting as much, man. There's only so much you can do and, you know, you got to wait it out until, until the fish start biting again. And that's, I think that's where we're at right now. Middle of the afternoon, sun's high in the sky, the fish are sleepy, they ain't biting right now. Well, I, and I think as a company, I think you would agree though, that there have been silver linings that have come from this. And w- what I mean by that is it forced us to grow up and, and make sure like what you're looking at as a, as senior leadership is steering the ship in the right direction because things were so good for a while. And, and some of that was literally our performance, but then the macro environment of e-commerce exploding, COVID created a boom within within the online industry is that decisions were being made, not flippantly, but just very aggressively of like, yeah, th- things are ripping. And then, like you said, all of a sudden that tide starts to shift a little bit. It, it has forced us to make sure that we have as much data and as much, it's usually on the financial front to, to make those decisions. And, and that now sets us up for success in the long term. So it kind of forced something that would have happened naturally, maybe over a four or five year, just as we grew and we professionalized things that had to happen in six months. And that actually for us, as much as it sucked going through and, and it, and it's still something that we're, we're, we're battling it, it, it professionalized us in a lot of way. And I think that's going to have huge benefits here moving forward. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well here, okay. We're shifting away from the personal ones, getting a little more to the business side. Uh, All right. I dodge those hopefully <laughs> somewhat. Well, will there be any push to go after field sport and Let's, I, I think by field sport, they just mean like, I would say like football, soccer, yeah, baseball. Sports. Yeah. Uh, will there be any push to go after field sport athletes? Why or why not? Definitely. Yes. Um, and what's cool, we actually are kind of have a few in the works right now. And what's kind of neat as we come up on 10 years is, you know, back in the day, you just have to beg people to rep your brand. Right. And the, you know, the, the roles reverse and now we're to the point where people at the top of their craft are actually saying, telling their agents, Hey, call born primitive. It looks like what they're doing is pretty freaking cool. And I want to align with brand that aligns with how I roll. And that's, that's starting to happen. So I can't get into details yet, but there are, um, some NFL athletes that are super interested that are the best in the NFL and, uh, have left Nike contracts, um, because they're done with that. And that's really freaking cool. 
Um, you know, we just recently signed Steve Miocic, um, about to fight John Jones on November 11th, uh, at Madison Square Garden. Um, it's going to be a super fight, you know, Steve is the winningest heavyweight of all time and a six time heavyweight champ. So, uh, that was another thing. Steve is a firefighter. He told his agent, Hey, I like born primitives values and what they stand for. So his agent's calling us and saying, Hey, what, what do you think about working with Steve? So that's really cool. Um, and I'd say, you know, for me, now that we have the ability to kind of have our pick on athletes, you know, to some degree, of course, like, every, you know, there's athletes that are tied up in existing contracts, but you don't have to beg anymore. So we can be way more selective and pick athletes that we feel align and represent the brand well. Whereas like, to be honest, in the early days, you just find anyone that has 200,000 Instagram followers and you beg them to rep your brand. Like you don't even look into it any further than that because you just need exposure. Now it's like, no, this needs to be more thought out and we need to find people that will exemplify the traits that we want portrayed as, as a brand, as if the brand was a person. Right. And, uh, and that's really exciting because I think in 2024, if some of these things pan out, like y'all are going to be, uh, we're going to rock the boat a little bit. Yeah. There's some big, big, big names in there. Yes. Yeah. I wish I could disclose it. Um, but I don't want to do that to, to this one guy. He's, he's a freaking savage and, um, yeah, leave it at that. And, and even, I mean, even individuals like Jordy Ball, uh, yeah. who won two college, uh, softball world series at Oklahoma recently transferred to Nebraska. She's somebody that's on board for, for all the reasons you just said, for the right reasons, she very much aligns with the brand. So somebody that when I, I remember some people like, oh, you guys are in softball. But then once she was on national television at the, uh, at the softball world series, I, I can't, we had so many people reaching out, like so cool that you guys are supporting her. Love to see her part of the brand. So that was a great insight for us too, of like, whoa, this is, this is outside of the, the CrossFit space, which we've kind of been embedded in since the beginning. But we got an incredible response. She's an incredible athlete, incredible girl. So definitely opened our eyes that there's opportunity out there outside of what, what we're currently doing. Absolutely. How long did it take to design and perfect the shoes? Uh, about two years. Uh, I know we talked about that in one of the other episodes. But, uh, but yeah, we, we found some shoe engineers that have been doing this for a really long time and uh, kind of gave them our initial intent. I think we went through four or five iterations um and we were wearing them um and, and making tweaks um, but yeah it's a long process and uh you know just to get the order once you submit it is like another five months i say so i think door to door um it was around the two-year mark and uh yeah as of you know this episode airing it's only been out like about a month um and it's been a wild response so um you know i i think we were a little nervous at first obviously coming into a brand new vertical but i think uh i'm past the phase of being scared now because I'm, we're getting so much awesome feedback. Even some of these shoe review guys that like, they don't, they don't screw around and they do honest reviews and, uh, and they're like, damn, okay. Like they kind of killed this. Um, and that's been really cool. So if you're listening and you're in the game for a new pair of shoes, I give the Savage one a shot. I think, I think you'll really like it. And were the shoes, was that a two years ago when that started to get ideated, was that a hell yeah moment for you? Or was it one that took some thinking through as far as like, is this, is this an arena I want to step into or was it a, was it a, 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 for sure? I mean, I always wanted to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, we just didn't have the bandwidth nor the expertise at the time. But for me, I, I don't like, I don't want to talk shit about other brands too much, but like Reebok changed the nano every year and every other year, in my opinion, one man's opinion, it was a terrible shoe. And I'm like, why did you not just keep the last one? You don't need a new version every year. You know what I mean? Like so it was super frustrating because you never know what you got. And then the, the Nike Metcon, like I think the four or five was the best shoe ever. And every year it got bulkier and bulkier and bulkier. And I think what happened is you had these people sitting in a boardroom 
that weren't CrossFitters that were like, oh, they do these things called handstand pushups. So like, let's put this big plastic thing on the heel so they slide up the wall. And oh, they must do rope climbs all the time. So let's do this giant rubber thing on the insole so they can like catch the rope. But then it's like this crazy bulk. You should... They were just doing things that I think if had they actually tested with like in the CrossFit community, they'd be like, guys, we do rope climbs like maybe once a week, maybe. So don't worry, like don't revolve the shoe around two movements at the expense of like, if I have to run an 800, I have, I feel like I have freaking bricks on my feet. So for me, part of it, I was, I, as a consumer and someone who really liked those products, I was getting super frustrated of like, are they running this by anyone who actually wears this for the reason it's getting worn? Right. Yeah. Um, and the Reebok one blew me away. Cause it's like, you are in the CrossFit space. You have a, a stable of athletes. Why, why do you go from one that's awesome? And then all, the next year it's completely different. And everyone says it's terrible. So I, I, part of the, honestly, my man was like, all right, if they're not going to do it right, I'm going to do it myself. Um, and then, you know, I won't throw shade on another brand, but there's another brand in the mix that like, I've never even considered it a CrossFit shoe. Um, and it blew me away that people, it, it literally, it was not a CrossFit shoe. I wore it once and I was like, are you kidding? This is it. Um, so part of it was out of necessity and saying like, all right, we can do that better. Like, let's take a swing at it. It turned out great. <laughs> yeah. So a little unfiltered there. No, but, no, yeah. that's, that's good stuff. All right. This is an interesting one. This is one I know you and I have both had to navigate, um, throughout our time or my time here and throughout, uh, since you, you founded the company, uh, love your clothing brand and women's gear. I just don't like that. It's made in China. So yeah, get into that one. I know I have, I, I, I can give my feedback on that one as well, but I, I'd love to hear your thoughts there. And this is a vulnerable one for yeah. us as a company. So yeah, take that one. So in transparency, I told Tony to not let me see any of these, but this one was one he was nervous about. So he was like, all right, I got to run one by you. So I don't throw you a zinger and that, you know what I mean? That, and, and honestly, this is a, this is a great question. And we easily could have just thrown this one in the trash and moved on and been fine. But I feel like we want to be transparent and authentic in this podcast. So, um, sometimes, you know, let's get some hard questions. So for this great question, I totally understand the sentiment. That is something in the very, very beginning before I knew anything about sourcing apparel that I was like hell bent. It's like, oh, it's going to be made in the USA and you know, we're pro America. And of course, like it aligns with the values of the company. Unfortunately, there's a harsh reality you realize when you get into the apparel business that whether you like it or not, overseas, particularly China, they do it way better than we do it here. It's not just a price thing. Everyone says that's always just price. It's the capabilities as well. The fabric selection. I mean, just to put it in context for our outdoor line, um, we are working with outdoor and tactical to source some of it in the United States um, and in other countries. We're, we are diversifying outside of China too for a variety of reasons. Um, and we took our men's frontier pant, which is our like hunting pant or outdoor pant. It's a great pant, extremely technical. Um, the guys killed it. And we took it to a company that is a, a made in the USA hunting brand. And they're friends of ours through um, a guy that we're working with. And they straight up told us because we said, Hey, what if we use your production facility? Of course we're competitors, but we can give you a bunch of production business. We want to see if make, make it. And they, they, we shipped them a pair of pants and they looked at it and said, there is no way we can ever get to this level of sophistication or craftsmanship. The pants we have to make here in the USA are nowhere near the technical capabilities of this product. And we can't get that awesome Gucci fabric that you can, you know what I mean? And they were, thank God they were honest with us with, and they, they, they even, you can even just look at the stitching and you see, all right, the people that are sewing this are, we, we will never have that level of skill. 
So as hard as it is for me to admit that, like as a, as a guy that's as, as American as they come and you know what I mean? That is the reality we deal with. On top of that, the cost is insane in the U.S. Not to, you know, So it's like, guys, if you want to buy a sports bra that we're going to have to charge you $145 for to run a business, and it's half the quality of the ones we're giving you now, is that is that something you really want? You know, And ironically, like this comment was made from an iPhone made in China, probably, right? So it's like, I think a lot, I think this was not a malicious question, but I think a lot of people beat that drum of like, oh, if it's not made in the USA, I don't buy it. And it's like, oh, co- coming from the comment from your Chinese iPhone. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think there's a little bit of hypocrisy, um, but um, we do employ 70 plus people here. We employ like four or five screen printing shops in town that we give them hundreds of thousands of dollars in business here in Virginia Beach, which is awesome because I know for some of these businesses, we're like 100% of their business, right? So yeah. there, there's it's, a lot of it's printed here. Um, we are looking to get made in the USA for some of our stuff and then diversifying outside of China. And here's the thing, last thing I'll point I'll make on China is like, the Chinese government and the U.S. government, of course, have like, you know, there's a cl- clearly an adversarial relationship there. You know, I used to have a top secret clearance with the U.S. government, so I know way more than most about what that actually looks like. It's real. However, the people in China don't really have issues with us, right? They're just they're just normal people, right? So, and it, so it's not really with them. It's with the government. And so yeah, you also kind of have to keep that in mind. Um, but it's a great question. I, I totally get the angle. If I were in your seat, I'd probably be saying the same thing because, you know, those people don't know the reality of what it is when you actually have to run the business and source product. And that's why everything you see is sourced over there. It's not a, it's not a coincidence. There's a, there's a real reason behind it. And I wish it wasn't the case. It just is what it is. Yeah. I always say if I could wave a magic wand and have one thing for the company, it would be that we could get the quality and the price point made in the USA. But as you just described, the nuances of what that actually looks like. It's not simple. It's complex. And I, I, I don't want like what Bear just said should not sound as, a, as an excuse. It, it's like we're, we're working to diversify. There are reasons why we're there, but we don't ever look at that and say like these, these people just don't understand. It's like, hey, we get it. And we, we in an ideal world, we, we would do it elsewhere and we're working towards that. So yeah, I think you gave a, a perfect answer there. All right. What is the new big product coming after the shoes? think well we have tactical launching so for those anyone wondering like what the hell is more important tactical quick rundown we are going to be making what we call op camis for the operator so it would be the pants and shirts we would wear in that line of work um under our body armor running around doing those things so uh that will be our our like our most um our nearest product innovation that i think will be a big deal a uh, part of that was rooted is when i was doing that job i, I felt the stuff we were getting was not functional for the athlete. Um, the fit sucked, the mobility sucked. And I was like, all right, with our capabilities here, born primitive, and given the fact that I do this for a living, you know, in the military community, I have kind of a unique advantage to develop op camis because I'm the end user. All my buddies are the end users. We have this right, you know what I mean? So that was what inspired born primitive tactical. And, uh, and we, you know, we were just out in the desert a couple of weeks ago, um, shoot a bunch of commercials and content and live bullets, mini guns, suppressed rifles, the whole deal, body armor, and, and, and putting this through the test was 115 degrees out there, which was brutal. And it performed really well. So if you are, um, you know, a policeman, um, or you are an operator in the military or anyone that would wear, you know, even just someone that likes to go to the range and, and screw around, like we, the, what we have coming out is incredible. Um, and, uh, we're really excited about it, but right beyond that would be our Patriot one salt boot. 
which is under development right now. So to kind of go with that, we want to you know be able to give men and women um, a, a boot they can wear in a military capacity, but also honestly, it, it'll make a great outdoor and hiking boot too, which which is great because like we don't want to you know necessarily have it only for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it'll be kind of a mid rise um, with some good traction and it, it's really stable in the ankle stability. So we're really excited about that. You'll be able to fast rope with it. So for those that fast rope that have burned uh, their outsoles through down to their foot on a, on a high fast rope, it'll, we will mitigate for that. So you'll be good there. Your shoe will remain intact, even if you have a really high fast rope that you got to go down with a bunch of weight on your back. So um, it'll be pretty cool. You know, we're going to call it Patriot One. Figure that was appropriate. We got the Savage One, of course, and then we'll see what other uh, footwear iterations uh, we have in store in the future. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see? Born primitive getting into the the I guess the most obvious one would be like a running shoe or a casual shoe. Yes. Do, you, do you see that in the in the near future, or maybe not near future, but the future in general? Absolutely. Yep. Love it. Yep. All right. Well, we got one more, and then we're gonna do. Uh, I I compiled some quick hitters that that I, I knew would be less conversational and would just be kind of a, a quick answer that were submitted. So, all right. Last one. How do you come up with your clothing designs? Uh, choose from samples or design yourself. Well, um, honestly, we have a team that that's kind of their full-time job, but what's cool beyond that is pretty much everybody here at Born Primitive is very active and and it's not to say it's like a prerequisite to work here. Like we really don't care. Just we happen to attract people that are very active and fit and like that lifestyle. So, um, you know, typically the product development team will kind of come up with the concepts of stuff they're seeing in the market that, um, you know, we want to make and, you know, they'll, they'll ideate off of that. But then when they'll get all the samples, particularly on the female side, and I think on the, the fellas, we do this as well. It's just to less extent because like the girls are just wild about it. But the ladies, they'll get all the samples and they'll kick all the dudes out and they'll come into the comments room and you'll have 20 or 30 women trying on all these different samples that are coming in, checking the fit, seeing if they like it, seeing if they like the color. And it's almost like a by committee thing, which I think is honestly probably pretty unique to us because I think like the big, big brands, they have like a specific team and they... They pick the color palette and then it's just like, that's it. You know what I mean? Um, it's really cool to have the, the, the women come in here and kind of all work together to kind of, and, and, and it makes it so like when we, those products are launched, we know with a high degree of confidence that it's going to kill because all the girls have like thrown out the ones they didn't like and they'll vote and, you know, we'll have surveys and stuff. Even on the Slack channel, we'll do surveys. So that's kind of how we do it. Um, there's really no science behind it. You know, of course, with upcoming collections way out, we'll develop kind of the color palettes that we want to start with. That's kind of your starting point. Um, and then for the actual functional components of the apparel, a lot of that is by kind of necessity. So if it's a legging and like girls are asking, hey, can you get rid of the front seam or can you add pockets? Some of that is by feedback from the customers. So thank you guys really uh, very much for for those that kind of give us that feedback. Like We definitely take note of it. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of how we do it, man. Um, and then with the fellas, like we're, we're a little less formal. I was going to bring you know it up. I mean? you like and usually I. we're like changing out in the open and like, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, throw these pants on. What do you think? You know what I mean? But it's the same idea. Um, and, uh, there was a year period before we got big Frank, uh, who's our, our men's and at times women's, uh, technical designer. So he's the one actually putting together the formal tech packs now and, and, and doing the drawings and everything. <laughs> Bear and I would, would ideate on a sample. The supplier would make what's closest to the idea we had. And then we would, we would take the sample, be taking photos and be 
and it's not even Photoshop. It's just the little markup editor on your iPhone with a little yellow arrow circling, remove two inches from this section with an arrow pointing to it. Uh, that was, that was the extent of, of, uh, our, our capabilities as product designers. Or I would approximate it. I'd be like, gosh, Tony, the sleeves are a little tight. Let's tell him to bump it up by 20%. (laughs) I would just give a percent like that. That's ridiculous. Like that is not specific at all. Um, but Hey man, we made it work. And that's the thing. Like for those that are early on in their, their, their journey in business in the beginning, it's not going to be some sexy, super dialed operation. Like you can definitely get away with improvising and just doing the best you can. Um, but thank God we're past those days. And now we have big Frank doing professional tech packs and all the girls that vetted and all that they were, you know, that that's the end state you need to get to. But Hey man, we made, we made those yellow arrows in the, in the uh, screenshots. It worked. worked. <laughs> it worked. All right. Well, that's through all the, the, the kind of bigger questions. Like I said, I wanted to do a, uh, a quick hit around. These are the ones that were submitted that, that have a quick answer. Uh, so let's kick it off with any plans, any, some of these are these, some of these gave me a good laugh. Any plans to make supplements? No. Who would win in a fight, John Wick or John J. Rambo, and why? I have a feeling that was definitely one of my friends that submitted that, um, so thank you. Um, I mean, John Wick is badass, obviously with his ability to, like, weapon weapons manipulation and all the cool handgun shit he does, but I mean, this is a no-brainer. Like, John J. Rambo, it's not even close. I was say, you're obligated to I say mean, John Rambo. I haven't seen the John Wicks in a while, but I'm pretty sure he has not ripped the esophagus out of another man with his bare hands. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. John J. Rambo, not even close. Gotcha. Are there plans for BP gym equipment, wraps, sleeves, belts? No. I'd say that's that's more likely, though, than supplements ever being. I can see yeah. eventually, even a gym, I think a gym bag and maybe a belt would be something that would be on brand. But yeah, yeah, that could be cool. I'm derailing the quick hitters and getting making them conversational. Any plans for concealed carry apparel? Yeah, yeah, we actually have that in the works already. We have like a low vis jean coming out for one pro tactical, um, and it'll have um, magazine pouches in the back and in the front. And you know, a lot of our stuff honestly is absolutely good to go for concealed carry particularly our jeans right now um if you carry um you know i'm rocking a glock 19 all the time with those jeans it's stretchy so that it's it's not too stretchy that the waistband like isn't rigid enough to carry um but yeah that specifically will be the, that low vis jean will be for that purpose and we even have some stuff in the development we're working with um some guys from like the secret service and some of the agencies to create a sport coat um that will allow them to run their communications their comms um so you can't see it um, and that's like a big issue because you got to run the wires and they, they doesn't have like the holes in the pockets and stuff. So we're going to come up with like a stretchy blazer because it's got to be stretchy because that's everything I make has got to be stretchy, right? For the guys that want to move um, that can run comms through it too. So yeah, that's a world we're going to get into. Uh, and then on the women's side, we're, while this isn't necessarily concealed, carry a range legging um, that well, I think is, we killed. Um, and when that goes out, I think the, the women that, that live in that world are going to absolutely love it. Cause you know, obviously how good we are at just regular leggings. But when we looked at some of the competitors on the market that are making range leggings, like we're going to bulldoze them, man. It's not even going to be close for sure. And that was that next question was, will BP tactical offer women's apparel? So yes. I think, yeah. You, yeah. You just... And, and the, 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 the challenge is like the op camis, because that is like a very male dominated niche or not niche, but like need. But we've kind of learned the hard way from outdoor because remember we made the, the frontier pants. Oh, yeah. And then all the ladies are like, what the hell? Like, why don't we get the frontier pants? Same thing. So we are we will make the women's assault pant and the women's op top. 
Um, and of course, our MO is, is nailing that fit, man. Um, so uh, ladies, yes, um, it will be coming. Just give us some time. Um, we had to nail the men's one first because that's where 95% of our market will be for that particular product. Um, but it is coming and we hear you. Last one. When do we get the retro PE collection, black, gray class sweats, which I think by that they meant like the Jansport. Like, yes. those, oh, I call them like the wrestler sweat. That yeah. You like tuck the socks in. Well, we had those for a while. And I think weren't they, are, are they talking about the the retro logo too? Because. Oh yeah. It yeah. says retro caveman. Yeah. Caveman. Or, or retro caveman. Well, speaking yeah. of caveman, I'm hopefully the production team can do it, but right over tone, lean, lean to your right. That that's the, the OG, um, that's the OG t-shirt from 20. 14 that we now have framed up in the conference room here. So our 10 years coming up next spring. Um, so we might, um, do a limited edition relaunch of that outrageous shirt with the caveman with a loin cloth between his legs, snatching a tree. Uh, so that's, that's definitely something we thought we weren't going to do it, but we actually have a lot of people being like, you got to remake that for like a limited time. Uh, so if y'all want to do it, we'll do it. Um, I don't know about the, uh, the retro sweatpants, although I am a customer. I don't know how, uh, I don't know how big that market is. So we, we got to we'll put see. that on like the, uh, like the old, like the nineties kind of heavy cotton, you oh, know, yeah. like that shirt with has like the thicker, oh, uh, yeah. thicker neck 100% with like that. cotton, yep. just not, yeah, not functional nice and boxy, all. little oh, flare yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Bear, well, I, I, we're through the questions. I, I appreciate your vulnerability there in the beginning. I, I, I knew coming into this that some of these would, would kind of not, not be tough to answer, but put, put you on the spot a little bit. So I, I appreciate you being open and honest and, and appreciate everyone for, for submitting the questions. Hopefully you got some clarity on, on some questions you had, uh, in the future, shoot away with these. I think maybe what every one a month or one every other month, we'll try to do a Q and a, uh, depending on the response we get, but yeah, the, I appreciate everyone submitting them and, and feel free in the future to to continue to do so. Yeah. And I think this is something we're rolling with the punches. So if this is something that you guys like, let's, we'll do it more. If, you know, not as much, we, we can, you know, do less frequently. And if there's categories, guests, here's the thing. In transparency, now that we've seen success in the podcast and we can go to potential guests with the results and the downloads and all that, getting badass guests is going to be way easier. Um, so if there is a certain area you want us to kind of cover down on, um, you know, I really like Huberman, like that kind of stuff's really cool. But to me, it's like way too detailed. I want to give like a cliff notes Huberman. Like if we're talking about cold tubbing, like it doesn't need to be like two hour episode. Let's get the, let's get the high notes and get out of there. Cause I know, you know, for me, I'm commuting, like I don't have time to listen to a two hour podcast. So if there's topics you all want us to cover, drop us a suggestion, even if there's people. Uh, recommend them. We'll try to hit hit them up um, because ultimately this is for you guys and we want to bring value to all aspects of your life. Some of them will be super niche, like, you know, saunaing, cold tubbing. Uh, we, we might do one on men's and women's hormones, testosterone, things like that, that are very relatable um, that, um, you know, hopefully will help people out. So uh, continue with your feedback. Please rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you for tuning in. And if you look in the show notes, hopefully we'll be able to uh, put the questions by like the time. So if you want to skip some of the you know, ones that we weren't interested in, you can just skip right down and listen to only what you want to listen to. So hope everyone's doing good. Hope you're watching some football this weekend and uh, enjoying the fall. And uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, guys.